And why do we go for the low calorie diet? The same reason you click on Facebook and it tells you you can get rich like in the next four days. Because we think or we want the easiest possible way to get the absolute best results. And there's no easy way to get the results you want. It's work, it's time, it's discipline. You are not gonna get where you want in seven days. So, but what I'm talking about is like, you know, you're doing the class workout and then you're, you know, staying after and you're doing more. You know, you're just basically thinking the more I do, the better it is for my body and that is not the right approach. You know, so making sure that you understand that it's not about volume, in other words, it's not about how much you're doing, it's about intensity. Alright, we are going to officially kick this thing off. Um, thank you all so much for coming. Uh, this is going to be an exciting seminar and hopefully my, uh, I'm going to set out some objectives for this seminar. Uh, but anything that you miss, I'm going to upload. That's why I'm recording. I'm going to upload it to the podcast. So if you take really good notes, you can re-listen to it, maybe uh, kind of reference back. Um, but this is going to be something that hopefully will add value to your life. Hopefully, you're going to get something new that you've never heard before. Maybe some of you will hear some things that you've heard over and over. But I'm going to decide by a show of hands which of the two topics I'm going to start with just to kind of get a gauge of interest, okay? So rule number one is everyone has to vote, okay? So if you are here and let's say it's a 50-50, you got to go 51-49. Who is more interested in hearing about programming tonight? Keep your hands up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. This is going to be close. All right. Who's more interested in hearing about nutrition tonight? Keep those hands up. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Okay, great. All right. So we're going we're gonna to cover both. So don't worry. Um, this is just giving me a gauge as to what people are interested in. I like it actually being very even like that, 13, 16, because that tells me that there's a lot of interest in both subjects. And this is probably the first time that we've actually paired programming with nutrition, but I think it's gonna be really good because anytime you're interested in any subject matter, that tells me that you're hungry for knowledge. If you're hungry for knowledge, that means you wanna get better. That means you wanna improve. So the fact that you're here tonight, you're like the 1% of the 1%, okay? So everybody give yourself a round of applause. Okay, so let me lay out kind of what I would consider the objective for tonight when it comes to nutrition. So when I think about what I want you to take away and what my goal is for you to take away, first is I want you to understand the correlation between nutrition and performance slash so and or losing body fat. 
that there's a direct correlation between what enters your body and how you perform. Like Murph yesterday, very long workout that most of us are feeling the effects of. How you perform and then whether or not you lose body fat. These are two of probably the primary reasons people sign up at CrossFit gyms is to lose weight or to increase, improve performance, whether that be strength training, um, getting faster, uh, maybe various like Metcons or specific workouts. So that's my number one objective. And my number two objective is that you come to the gym more, right? Because I know when it comes to nutrition, right, some people will argue and say, well, hey, weight loss is 80% nutrition. Raise your hand if you've heard that. Or 90% nutrition or three-quarters nutrition. In other words, people are saying that, hey, weight loss is a majority emphasis on what you eat. And you could argue that there's some truth to that. right? But I would argue that if you're working out, then you're more mindful about what, what's going inside of your body. Right, so the days that you exercise, and those of you that are very consistent in the gym or who've been coming for a while, you could probably agree that, hey, if I'm in the gym, whether it be four days or the three days that I come or maybe five or six, those days I probably eat better than the days I'm not in the gym. And when I'm not in the gym, and Alan Quintero can attest to this, when I've missed for consecutive weeks, months, <laughs> that I'm not, I'm not eating as well as I am whenever I'm in the gym. So let me tell you something. It's 100% nutrition and it's 100% exercise, right? There's no, you know, beautiful 50, 50, 80, 20, 75, 25 balance to this. In order to understand nutrition, you have to understand yourself. You have to take a long look in the mirror and ask yourself some really, you know, gut level honest questions. Like, number one, my goal, you know, could be way up here. So let's say this is, you know, zero, and we'll call this, you know, the stars, right? So it's way up there. My goal could be literally way up here. You know, I want to have 8% body fat or you know, I want to lose 30 pounds, or I want to fit back in that size zero. I want to lose 10 inches, you know? I mean, trust me, you laugh, but I've heard it. I mean, I, I know that there's people that realistically, they sign up at a CrossFit gym, or they sign up for a fitness plan, and they, that's what they're thinking going into it. But the effort that they're willing to give is probably about right here. So that you need to see if your expectations or the goals that you're setting for yourself are even realistic, and that requires a long look in the mirror. That requires you to be honest with yourself. Because if you, if you mess this up, we might as well not even keep talking. Because you can have all the knowledge and all the education in the world, but you're so unrealistic on what your goals are that you're gonna end up frustrated you're going to think it's the diet's fault, the meal plan's fault, 
nothing works for me. I've tried everything. My metabolism is too slow. Have we heard these excuses before? And I'm just being honest, right? So trust me, and when I, if you've ever heard me speak, I hope you know that all, everything I say comes out of my heart, right? It comes out of love, but there's a lot of truth associated with what I speak because I'm not going to lead you astray and make you think that you're going to get results that you're not going to get because if you have unrealistic expectations, you know, and you, have, you shoot for the stars, but then you give minimal effort, then you're going to end up frustrated. And that's just facts, right? And that doesn't just apply to nutrition. That applies to life. If you're married, it's her fault, right? Or his fault. It's never anything to do with me. It's always, now you know I would never say that about my wife. <laughs> right? Have we been there before? And so a big part of this is like, hey, I got to look in the mirror, right? Before I can start opening my mind, you know, and it's good to admit areas that we're weak. Some of us, you know, one of our gifts is not discipline. Let's just be honest. The alarm clock goes off and we hit it eight times, right? Anybody snooze for 48 minutes or, okay, 56 minutes? Hey, that's okay. You know, we sit at Chewy's, chips and salsa every time I have to, right? So when it, so, so, so willpower and discipline might not be one of your gifts. And it's important that you you just own up to that because I will tell you nutrition requires an enormous amount of willpower and nutrition. So if that's not one of your gifts and you are here tonight, then you really need to think about this. Okay, maybe the, the stars, you need to bring that down. Now, that doesn't mean you can't get to the stars, okay? So hear me out, because it's not like you're doomed and you're, now you might as well not even try and leave the seminar tonight. You know, it's no, there's hope for you. But what happens is, have you guys ever heard of uh, the, a book called The Power of Habit? Okay, there's a book written out there that talks about habits. Now, we are creatures of habit. You crave consistency, believe it or not. How many of you work out at the same time in, in the classes? Be honest, okay? Look at that, probably 70%. Those of you that come at 5 a.m., you come at 5 a.m. Those of you that come at 8 a.m., you come at 8 a.m. Those of you that come at 6 p.m., come at 6 p.m. You like that. You like to train your body habitually. You crave consistency. So if every time you go sit in a Mexican restaurant, you eat chips and salsa, that is just your, you know, your, uh, your basic body's uh, autopilot system. You know, you're just doing what your body does. So you're not even thinking sometimes, you're just eating. And that was me for more years of my life than, than I've been healthy. You know, I would always eat just as much as I could. I stuffed my face. Even to this day, guys, pushing the brakes on food for me is challenging. You know, I, I have what I would call the overeating problem. I love to eat, you know, and the only difference between today and 20 years ago is today I would overeat on healthy food, okay? So, you know, whereas 20 years ago, I would overeat on whatever was in front of me. I was probably six years old, 
in Guatemala, my family's from Guatemala, my grandmother would always have these bags of peanuts and they were freshly picked, there were just tons of them. I ate so many peanuts, I would vomit. I mean, like, I just loved to eat. And, you know, I would eat a whole pizza. I mean, it, it's, for me, that's a thing. And maybe some of you are like, man, I have a big appetite too. I swore up and down. I didn't know what a tapeworm was until I was probably like 23. And I was like, I think I have a tapeworm. You know, I was like, this thing is just, everything I eat, it feels like it's like, I could keep going. The only difference is, so today I eat a lot more of healthy foods, but I still have to put the brakes on. So if you have a, a, any hard, like probably like basic hard drive or software that's ingrained in you, those are going to be some obstacles that you're going to have to overcome when it comes to eating healthy. All right? So you, you know, every person we could go here and one-on-one -on -one talk through, okay, what are your biggest challenges? What are things, you know, some of you would be like, oh, sweets, Charlie. I just can't be around sweets. If I see sweets, I'm going to eat them or, you know, what others are, you know, talking about salty foods. If I, you know, if I even see, smell, touch salty foods, I'm just, and everybody's got different areas that they struggle with. But you have to own up to it. And you have to also understand that willpower and discipline are going to be the, the thing that kind of gets you moving in the right direction. And hopefully you do something long enough that it does become a habit, kind of like working out, right? Some of us are in the habit now of working out, but, you know, and, and we could even go around the room. Some of you haven't always been in that habit, you know, but by coming and showing up and you saw people and you like the workouts and now you're in a habit of working out. And so that's what we have to do is get in the habit of making better choices with our food. You also have, a, have to understand that you know, once you leave or once you go out into the, the world or the community or whatever you want to call it, it's, it's going to oppose you in trying to eat healthy. You know, there is a current that's pushing you in the opposite direction. There's way more options to eat unhealthy than there are to eat healthy. And it also depends on, you know, who you choose to surround yourself with. You know, I could go to each one of your houses Take a look at your pantry, take a look at your refrigerator, and let you know kind of what I believe your default setting is when it comes to nutrition. Simply by the types of foods that you buy and what you keep at your house. You know, if you have a ton of snacks foods, if you have a lot of processed foods, if you have a lot of frozen meals, if you, you know, if you don't purchase a lot of uh, produce or meats that expire within a few days, that tells me you probably don't like to cook, right? Probably you like to shop, so you probably eat out a lot. You know, it, I can already tell you a few things. And, and so you have to, again, take a look in the mirror and understand, okay, before we even start talking about anything that probably will be of value in terms of education, you know, you can know everything and not do it. Right, Liz? You can know everything and not do it. So what we want to understand is why. Well, maybe I don't have the self-discipline yet. Maybe... I've been a little bit higher at my expectations of, of, you know, my, of my meal plan or what I've been doing. Maybe I don't give things long enough to work. You know, I, ha I have a theory that if you just keep eating healthy for a really long time, you're going to get in the absolute best healthy version of yourself. But usually we don't give it long enough. You know, if you keep working on double unders forever, you're going to get better at them. It's just going to happen. And eating healthy is no different. Sometimes we try to change things. We try to say, okay, I read about this diet. 
you know, or I want to try this thing. And I'm going to talk about that. I do believe that there are like customized diets that work better for certain people, certain body types. I do believe that we all, we're all made differently, not just in the way that our bodies process and metabolize food, but the same way, the way that you have cravings and the way that you eat throughout the day. Some of you, for example, you eat all day. Like you have to eat all day. Like if you don't eat every three or four hours, you're starving. You're hungry. Others, you are totally okay eating like one or two, two decent sized meals and not eating the rest of the day. How do you explain that? So we can't necessarily put everybody in a box and say that, hey, everybody needs to eat this way. Some of us or some people, they look at carbohydrates and they put on five pounds. Like literally, they look at carbs and they're like smelling them and they put on five pounds. Other people can eat so many carbs and if they get on a low carb diet, that's like the worst thing they could do. You know, Chris, you know, shirtless Rhea? We all know Chris. You know, if Chris went on a low carb diet, that would be probably the absolute worst thing he could do for his performance and his goals. And his body fat's already like nothing. Now, does that mean that, you know, Chris for, for a, a long time has been eating super healthy? No, in fact, like you guys remember Chris's pictures? Anybody who heard his podcast and then I posted his before and afters? I mean, there was a time, like if you go to Chris's house and you see his wedding picture, like, you know, and, and I love Chris and he knows, but he was not the guy we see in here today. So Chris went through a period of time where he let go, right? Put on some pounds. There's a bathing suit picture of him at the pool that is not quite what it is today. Now today, I mean, Chris eats in the middle of a workout. He's so disciplined. He prepared, I mean, his food is already pre-made, homemade, packaged, portioned. He's on measurements. He knows exactly how much he should eat. So how do you explain that? I mean, he's a different body type, right? So his body can absorb and process and manage his carbohydrates different than other people. You put another person on the exact same meal plan as Chris, like myself, it, it's not going to be the same results because we have different bodies. So it's important for you to understand that you have a very unique body. Now, there's going to be some, some ways that I can kind of group you and hopefully give you a little bit of insight, but I'm going to start this as if I believe, and I'm, my goal, guys, just so you all know, is to end by 8.30, so, um, and then we'll do Q&A because I know that there's always questions. So if you have questions, I want you to write them in your journal or whatever you're taking notes on, and then I'll do all the questions at 8.30, and then we'll stay as late as we need to for questions. But my goal is to be done by 8.30. Um, so first, I'm going to pretend like you've never heard anything about nutrition. So the first thing I'm going to tell you is, what is a calorie? And... When I explain this, a calorie is a unit of heat. So think of this as energy. Now, when I explain this, I kind of want you to pretend with me, just have fun with me, like you're truly from Mars, and you're here, and you've never heard any of this before. 
Like, try to pretend, because we've gotten so, you know, it's like I'm, I'm watching this uh, video, this class on Genesis, and the, the first book in the Bible, and, you know, he's going through this, this first part of Genesis, and, you know, we kind of, like, go through it so just, like, we know the story, right? We know the story. Like, it's not, but imagine if you were reading that for the very first time. Like, wow, really? That's fascinating. So if we can look at this information that I'm about to communicate to you as if you had zero previous knowledge about this subject, wow, okay, calories, units of heat, okay? So it's, it's something we measure energy. And then I tell you, your body requires it. You need energy, therefore you need calories. Immediately, in your mind, if you're from Mars, it's a good thing. Like, okay, those are good. I need those. Okay, I'm going to keep listening. These come from fats, carbohydrate, and protein. The only three nutrients that will give you this calorie is fats, carbs, and protein. Nothing else will give you energy, will give you calories. Okay, so now you're like, okay, so these are really important. Fats, one gram will give you nine calories. Carbs, one gram will give you four calories. Protein, one gram will give you four calories. Now remember, you've never heard this before. You're from Mars. This is brand new information. You need calories. You need energy. What do you think about fats? They're awesome, right? You mean to tell me I get double the amount of calories, these really good things, when I eat fats? Like, that's fascinating to me. If we could rewire your brain to understand this concept, we would probably lose, as a population, 20% of the fat we carry. Because, unfortunately, this word has been associated with the bad fat, right? The fat that, you know, that we have in our body, which isn't, fat, it isn't in fact bad. Like, if we were you know, anywhere that we really were you know, not able to, let's say we're stuck in here for a week, that's what would keep us alive, right? So you need fat on your body. Now, the excessive body fat that we carry, obviously we want to get rid of that because it's not supporting your health, but we associate the nutrient, right, fat, with the word fat that we don't like. And immediately that causes us to think it's bad. But if you've never heard this information before and you just look at the facts, you would be fascinated with that nutrient because you'd be curious as to, you know, why does it give me more of that thing I need, which is calories? Now what if I told you your body has a basic need for calories that is a number that you have to eat every day, and if you eat below that number, it's really, 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 really bad. Okay, so that is known as your basal 
metabolic rate. In other words, this is the number of calories your body needs every single day to fuel itself. So in other words, you can look at this as the minimum. I do not want to eat less than this. Again, you've never heard this information before. You're like, okay, I better follow that rule. I don't know what's going to happen to me if I eat below that number because my body is going to demand that amount every day. If you start seeing kind of where we've, we, you know, we, we go on diets and what is a, a common thing we do? Well, we cut these out and we cut this really low. We basically eat less than we need to. Your basal metabolic rate for everybody in here, and I can confidently say, is body weight on average about body weight times 10. That's going to be the minimum amount of calories you need to consume. But Charlie, that means I have to eat. I know. And if you haven't been eating that much, and maybe you've gone a period of time, and maybe you're eating less, and you're trying to lose weight, and you've played that game for a really long time, I would argue, and I would probably say that you, you either didn't do it long enough, you probably needed to stick with the higher calorie count, or you were eating the wrong types of food. Because we can make 1,800 calories look you know, a couple different ways, right? <laughs> I mean, one meal at Chewy's could easily be 1,800 calories. So it's not just a calorie game. There's some other components to that that we have to understand. But this right here, like 99% of people, if they just took this information right here and applied it and changed some little things, because there should be some things sticking out to you right now that, hey, maybe I'm you know, doing this or maybe I'm doing that, would improve you. Now, I'm going to give you way more than this. So this is just like the intro, right? This is, this is just me getting started. So, but you have to understand this, and you have, to, you have to also know, guys, okay, there's some things that we can't explain and that we don't know about nutrition and about your bodies. And that's okay. Accept it and move forward. Because if you get stuck on some stuff that, you know, Charlie, you know, you're telling me it's body weight times 10, but I really think that if I put in this other formula and it's, you know, this and that, and how do I really know that it's this and that? You, we get so caught up on like the stuff that really doesn't matter. We get caught up on, Charlie, you know, um, I've tried eating that many calories and it just didn't work for me. So I probably need to make sure that, like, I'm not as active as you think I am. You know, Charlie, I probably, and all of you are active. You all work out. But also understand that there's some things we don't know. These things right now, I think we know probably like 5% of the 100% of their capacity and what they do. Like, nutrition is fascinating. And understand that you are your own project. Like, be excited about that that you have the rest of your life to figure out what is the best way for you to fuel your body. That is exciting, and you should be excited about that. And if you haven't yet figured that out, well, guess what? You got a homework assignment. 
for the rest of your life to figure out what works for you. Okay? But Charlie, you know, and that whole but Charlie, and I know nobody's saying it, but I'm saying it for you, is excuses. Excuses, excuses, excuses. That's all it is. And if you've been making excuses about why nutrition doesn't work for you, then now it's time to stop making excuses. Now there's some real obstacles, okay, like kids, <laughs> like being pregnant, like, you know, uh, budget or time for pre preparation or thyroid issues or, man, I've messed up for so, so long that I got to now start from scratch and I'm fill in the blank with whatever age. Like those are legitimate excuses, right? So you have one or two ways, well, you have actually a couple ways that you can look at things. You can look at them and kind of just focus on the reason you're not where you want to be and that's really not going to get you anywhere. Or you could focus on where you want to be where you're going. So you understand right now how much of this is mindset? Like a lot of nutrition is up here. And it starts up here, and then it changes down here. And a lot of us struggle with body image, right? We struggle with what we see in the mirror. We struggle with identity. <laughs> we, we, we start kind of thinking that like my self-worth is associated with what I look like. Like, are we kidding ourselves? Like, that's real. Brad was super honest on his podcast. If you guys got to hear it, man, that, it's actually still the, the one that's been downloaded the most. And I appreciated Brad just being so honest and sharing the struggle of that. But understand that those are factors, and that's up here. And it really has nothing to do with this. It's up here. And if that's a real struggle for you, right, then I would encourage you to start, you know, really maybe find somebody you can talk to, you know, and say, hey, this is one of my biggest struggles. This is something that, you know, and, and if you hold it in yourself, it's actually a prison cell, by the way. So if you you know, can be honest with yourself and say, hey, this is my struggle, is my self-image that, you know, when I, and also I associate my self-image with my self-worth, and if you don't share that with someone, you're in prison. You have to talk to someone about that. Tonight isn't the time to talk to, uh, you know, all of us. I mean, I wish, but we really would be here till midnight, you know, because I promise you, everybody struggles with that at some level, okay? So, so know that you're in you know, company if that's an issue for you. It just depends whether it's 100% or you know, 5% or 10%. So know that that's a struggle for everyone. But if we need to get past that, right? We need to understand, okay, first, and I, last seminar that I did, I talked about identity. You know, I talked about you having to understand your identity, that it has nothing to do with what you look like or how much you weigh. That was a huge emphasis on the last seminar. 
So we're going to move past that now, and we're going to start talking about three categories that I think will big time impact your body when it comes to nutrition. Okay, so there's quality, quantity, and balance. So we understand everything that we've just talked about, and if you don't, go back and listen to it, because that's probably something that you can you know, listen to several times to remind yourself. But we're moving forward, and we're going to talk about these three areas, because in my opinion, you know, for a long time, I, I remember, uh, so my personal story, I'll give you a fast-forward version. You know, I, 18 years old, I'm overweight, 242 pounds, senior in high school, and I got out of the shower one day, and I didn't like what I saw. I was just like, man, I felt overweight, out of shape, hadn't worked out in three months, wasn't really big into working out in the first place, but I was... Uh, a football player, so got done with sports, and then for about three months did nothing, and February rolls around, my birthday, I just turned 18, and I get out of the shower that day, and I had a light come on. Like, that was my moment. That was when I decided that I didn't want to be in the same physical state that I had been the majority of my life. And I didn't know what to do, okay? All I really knew was that I wanted change. And so I remember football practice and how awful running was, right? So anytime we would go on a run and I was overweight, I was a lineman, and so I hated it. I felt like it was punishment. So I thought that has to be good for me if I want to lose this weight. So I measured two miles in my neighborhood and I went out for a two-mile run. And I really didn't run that much of it. I probably made it from here to that Dodge Ram. And then I kind of kept walking and then running and walking and running and walking and running and then I finished that two miles and it was, it was hard. And I went back out two days later and I did it again. And I was sore and, and you know, a big thing, again, it's up here. Like, there was no turning back for me. Now sure, you could have said, well, what changed in one run? Everything changed. You know that you have the power to change like that like you really can make a decision, right? And either stop doing something or start doing something. Do you realize that that power exists in you? And that's exactly what I did. So even though I probably went out on that second run, 241.8 pounds or whatever I was, I was a different person. I kept doing it three times a week and by May, I'd lost 40 pounds. Crazy. Like, I'm 18 years old. I'm only running three times a week. The only thing I changed with my diet was I cut soft drinks out. So I was drinking five or six Cokes a day. I loved Cokes. So if you do the math, 38 grams of sugar per soft drink, and I'm doing that five or six times a day, I mean, that's over 300 grams of sugar. And so I was putting a lot of sugar in my body that I, I did cut that out right away. And now I'm running. So surely there was, you know, I'm 18. Well, that was all I needed. And that's what happens, okay? So if you see some results, so if you leave tonight and you actually do something, right, for 90 days, and you see results, guess what? It's going to make you want to keep doing it. It's going to give you more inspiration. It's going to say, you know, CrossFit was probably a great example of that. You said like, hey, uh, I heard 
Wesley say this morning, what is it, gym intimidation? Oh, yeah. He, he was talking about people having gym intimidation, which means they don't really want to come. Like, how many of you had gym intimidation before you came to the CrossFit gym? Be honest, right? You're thinking, like, everybody in here is a Spartan, and they're doing crazy amounts of things, <laughs> and they look like TJ and Chris Rea. And then you come, and you're like, man, I, I can do this. Like, the coaches are actually nice, and I can modify the, <laughs> I, I can modify the workouts. And... Yeah. And so, and so you realize that you can do this. And then, you know, a couple months go by. Well, when you've got momentum, you really start believing in yourself. And so that's where I was in May. And then it was like, man, I went to the YMCA. Um, who did I just interview that talked about the YMCA? Oh, I can't believe it. Michelle, that's right. I was, when I was interviewing her, I was like, oh, you started the YMCA. I started the YMCA too. That summer I worked out. Fell in love with the YMCA, um, came to A&M, and then I fell in love with the rec center, and the rest is history. I started personal training as a junior at A&M in 2003, got my first client, and I haven't stopped since. And so, you know, understanding the fact that you can do it, that you can put, you know, I'm the last person, let's be honest, like that should own a gym. Let's just make that clear. Like if you knew me for 18 years of my life, like, my friends would call me Fat Lima. Like, that was my nickname, you know? I was the guy that, in the weight room in high school, I was, you know, back there in the corner, just hiding, like, didn't want to work out. You know, I hated working out. Like, I'm the last person. I tell people I'm the Apostle Paul of fitness. Like, seriously, like, God picked somebody who was so opposite walking the opposite direction, and then he turned him around and he said, you know what, I'm going to build a gym called BoomFit. And through BoomFit, we will change the world. And I've seen lives change through this place. If I could share, and there's a lot of lives that I don't know that are changing just because there's stories that, that go on inside of this, these walls of this gym that I have no idea are happening. But there's a lot of stories that I do know about. And that's exciting to me. And that gives me purpose. And that's why I wake up every single day excited to come to this place. So let's talk about these three things. So quality, right? What we eat. In other words, what is the, what is the uh, substance of food that we're putting in our body? This is a very simple thing, guys. Eat single ingredient foods. Strip, New York strip, sweet potato, broccoli. They're all three single ingredient foods. That would be an amazing dinner. Oatmeal, eggs, blueberries, single ingredient foods. Salmon, asparagus, spinach, single ingredient foods. Rice, beans, Chicken, salsa, uh, guacamole, single ingredient foods. Salsa is, you know, it's all made up of single ingredient foods. Yeah. <laughs> hey, come on, we all know salsa grows from the ground, right, Gerd? <laughs> okay, so when we're talking about quality, if I'm, if I'm saying these are the types of foods that we want to eat, 
the majority of the time. The majority. Does that mean all the time? No, there's going to be some times that you're going to want to, you know, maybe have to have a protein bar. Or maybe you're going to want to have to, you know, eat a, a pizza. pizza or, yeah, I mean, it's okay, bread, you know, there's going to be some times that you're, I mean, this isn't, guys, this isn't like rigid, like 100% of the time. I'm saying majority of the time. And based on that willpower thing that we talked about earlier and that discipline is really going to determine how often you do this, okay? Quantity. This is how much you eat. Okay, so if your goal is losing weight, then this number is going to be somewhere around that basal metabolic rate, body weight times 10. Because we got to give your body the basic demand, right? We don't ever want to go below that number. Okay, so 2,000 calories, right? That's mine. I'm 200 pounds. I need about 2,000 calories a day. So if my goal is weight loss, guess what? I'm eating single ingredient foods and I'm eating about 2,000 calories of single ingredient foods. And if I do that over time, I will lose weight, right? Because the workouts are obviously working in my favor. They're, I'm going to be burning some additional calories throughout the day. The types of foods that I'm eating are actually burning through my body faster, right? Because they're more efficient. Some of us are just putting so much garbage in our bodies that, you know, we're never losing weight. We're just honestly counteracting all the working out we're doing. Balance. This right here is probably really where I would say the magic happens, or, or really not the magic, just you know, your body works, your physiology occurs, is the fact that you're balancing hormones, right? Because your body, you know, there's a ton of hormones associated with food, if, you haven't, if you've never done any additional research into that. But balance means that I'm actually balancing those three things we talked about earlier, which are carbs, protein, and fat. Now, this is where we can have fun. Okay, remember I told you, you're your own project, right? So you have to experiment. So these two things probably won't change. Your body's always gonna do better with single ingredient foods, and there's always gonna be a certain amount of calories that you probably need to put in your body. Because if you don't follow that principle, right? It, like for example, if we're putting really bad food in our body, then our bodies are actually, like when you eat that 1,800, 1,900 calorie Chewy's dinner, you feel the effects of that. Like you feel sluggish and awful, and that's on the, on the outside. Imagine how your body feels on the inside. Like that's where all the work is happening. If you eat too little, you know, your body is made in a way that it kind of knows what it needs. It's fascinating. So it knows it needs, the best illustration that I can use here, okay, is let's just say you earn, to make numbers easy, you earn $100,000 a year for five years. And you're living on that income for five years and it's fixed. There's no way to earn any more money for that period of time. So now, probably the type of car you buy, type of home you buy, or rent, or lease, or whatever, or the types of meat, food that you buy, the types of restaurants you go to, the types of trips that you take, all that is going to probably revolve around that income, right? 
five years. And then after that five years is up, you get a $78,000 reduction in pay. And now you're at $22,000 a year for five years fixed. And you can't do anything to earn additional money. Even if those investors started putting money back in, you can't get it back, right, from the previous income. What, what's going to change? Probably, you know, home or housing, car, uh, expenses, or whatever you spend money on, or whatever you gave to, whatever you, you know, decided to do with your money. Like, everything's going to change, right? That's a big decrease. And now you're on it for five years fixed. Lifestyle changes. Okay, so now let's take that analogy or illustration. Let's do it with your body. Your body has a need. Body weight times 10. You go on this new diet, right? Honey and uh, Tabasco sauce and uh, lemon juice for 10 days. You basically just went from a six-figure income to minimum wage. And now your body is expected to somehow keep doing that six-figure income type of work, right? Because you come to CrossFit, you stay up, you know, 18 hours a day or, or 16 hours a day, you're on your feet. You're literally not changing your lifestyle, but you're decreasing your intake. So your body, like you can't just grow money on trees. Like if you went to that $22,000 year income, like, you, you know, you can't just make money, but your body can make energy. It's fascinating. It knows how to survive. And guess what? It does probably the last thing that you'd ever want it to do. Because you know all that muscle on your body that you've worked so hard in the gym on? That muscle demands a lot of these calories. Muscles are contracting constantly. They are what you would call expensive to maintain. And your body is saying, look, we are on a decreased deficit. Let's get rid of all that muscle that Selena has. Let's get rid of all that muscle. Let's get rid of all that stuff that's super expensive and that, I, you know, so how do I get rid of it? Well, let's use it for energy because we're low on energy. Brilliant idea, body. So it goes into this thing called a catabolic state and it starts breaking down muscle tissue to produce energy. And guess what it wants more of? Fat. Because fat is the opposite of muscle. Fat just sits there doesn't do a lot. Now, it's great if you were trapped in this room for seven days, but what's the likelihood of that happening anytime soon? Not really. So, your body has all, all of this going on all because you chose to go on this really extreme low-calorie diet. And hopefully, I've frightened you into never doing that again. And why do we go for the low-calorie diet? The same reason you click on Facebook and it tells you you can get rich like in the next four days. Because we think or we want the easiest possible way to get the absolute best results. And there's no easy way to get the results you want. It's work. It's time. It's discipline. You are not going to get where you want in seven days. 
Nobody has achieved that in all of life. You don't have an amazing marriage like Carolyn and Mike Gentry just because, hey, it's been easy our whole life and it just worked out. No, it requires work. It requires sacrifice. It requires forgiveness. It requires trust. It requires love. And so many people want easy results. And nutrition is just like life. It ain't going to give it to you easily. So you can't cut corners. You got to put in the work. It's going to take time. You're going to be challenged, so just be ready, right? It's going to be hard. Just everybody say it. It's going to be hard. To get where I want to be, it's going to be hard. It's, you know, I'm going to have days that I doubt myself. I'm going to think twice about this whole being healthy thing. I'm going to want to cheat more often than I really know I need to. Like, let's just own up to the facts. So that's the only reason people reduce calorie intake is because they, they really just want this instant success that isn't going to happen ever. This last part, you have to balance your, your carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. Okay, so there's a couple terms, and I'm not going to get too detailed because I'm already probably taking away from programming time, but there is insulin-sensitive and insulin-resistant people, and you have to understand what you are. Okay, so you need to ask yourself, are you one of those people that smells carbs and gains weight? Or are you one of those people that can't get enough calories in your body? If you're one of those people that smells carbs and you, you know, gain five pounds, then you probably need to stick with what would be a low carb diet. And this is going to be probably the majority of people. And if you're one of those people that, you know, you eat and eat, and I got a guy I trained this morning, he's 22 years old. Oh, no, let's, let's use Brian Fisher as an example. You know, Brian Fisher was on the podcast last week. He's 52 years old, and he's tall and thin, and even on the podcast, he's like, been like that my whole life. You know, people told me it was going to happen when I turned 30. I turned 30, nothing happened. People told me it was going to happen when I turned 40. I turned 40, nothing happened. People told me it was going to happen when I turned 50. He turned 50, nothing happened. Brian is an exception. He is probably can't, now it doesn't mean it gives him full permission to eat junk food. No, he eats very clean. He actually probably eats healthier than any skinny person on the planet. But he is a tall, thin person. He needs to eat carbohydrates, right? Healthy ones, single ingredient ones. Now, different body type, right? We've got some different people that we've interviewed on the podcast. You know, like myself, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to eat a high carb diet, right? I'm either going to eat what I would call low carb or moderate carb. So I'm going to give you those two versions, okay? So I'm going to give you first the moderate carb diet. And what I would call here, this is the zone diet. So anybody who's ever kind of looked into the zone diet, and I'm going to erase this other stuff so if you haven't captured it, because this will probably be a good place to close out the nutrition portion. So anybody who has ever read or heard of the zone diet, you know, the zone diet basically takes, it's actually a guy who, <laughs> he stumbled upon it. He wasn't even, his name's Dr. Barry Sears. He wasn't like a dietitian or nutritionist. He just like created, found this, hey man, this actually creates a really good hormonal response in the body that's not going to store body fat, that's going to produce energy, that's going to uh, make your body perform well. And so... He talks about it in his book, but I'm going to give you my best abbreviated version of it. But basically, 40% of your total calories 
come from carbs, 30% come from protein, and 30% come from fat. And I would call that a moderate carb, right? Moderate carb diet. So basically, <clears throat> I would actually call that like a moderate carb, moderate fat, moderate protein. You're, you're almost dividing this in thirds. So if you take somebody who takes in 2,000 calories a day, you know, they're going to, we have to do some basic math, right? So 40% of 2,000 is 800. 30% is 600. So you're having 800 calories of carbs. You're having 600 calories of fat and 600 calories of protein, which if we do our math, there's four calories per gram of carbohydrates. So we're going to divide that by four, which gives us 200 grams of carbs. There's nine calories per gram of fat which gives us uh, nine times, probably I'm gonna say like 75-ish, close enough, grams of fat, give or take. I don't know if that number's right, but maybe some of you guys can plug in the calculator, let me know. And then four calories per gram of protein, so that is 150 grams of protein. And you take that amount, and that's your target. Okay, are you the person that needs to eat all day? Okay, let's divide that up by four or five meals. Are you the person that probably needs to eat like two meals and maybe like one or two snacks? Well, let's do that. You know, customize that. That's what you need. That's your, that's your, your, your formula. If you, that's if you weigh 200 pounds and your goal is weight loss. Okay, so this right here, in conjunction with single ingredient foods, is going to be a game changer for a lot of people if done. You know, if you execute this for 90 days. All right, so this is what I would call moderate carb. Now, I, I like doing things like this where it's like, man, I'm just going to check, I'm going to test my, myself. And, and I actually did this uh, back in January. And I put myself, I wrote a book called The Bulletproof Diet in December, and I actually put myself on this regimen for like the last 90 days, probably a little bit longer. And I found in myself, like for me, I felt better than I've ever felt on workouts, personally. I felt, uh, I mean, I lost, I've lost body fat, so my body fat was at 14.7% and it got down to 13% on a DEXA scan, so I lost 1.7% body fat. But um, like my DT time, so we did DT back in December and then repeated it in, in January, so it was actually after being on the diet for or early February, I don't know if you guys remember that, but my DT time went from 12 minutes and 20 seconds to eight and a half minutes. Um, and, and, and like there was some major like improvement in workouts like I felt the best I'd ever felt going into the open this year um, so for me that was a really good way that so far like this is I've kind of gone from what I would call this being the, like what I've been doing for a really long time but again remember you're you have fun with this like I get excited to try things out right so I'm excited to see like how this works with my body like 
how my body changes. Like this worked for me, okay? So it's not like I just wanted to learn about this new you know, diet and I want to kind of understand it a little bit better and I want to understand. So the new, the diet that I'm working through is now a higher fat, lower carb, and actually more moderate protein. Okay, so this is what I would call more moderate protein, moderate fat, moderate carbs. And this worked, right? So it wasn't that anything wrong with this. The only difference that I probably feel is I feel like my body's actually operating and fueling itself better and cleaner off of fats than it did off of carbs. You know, so I, I cut out oatmeal. Like I, but I had a sweet potato for dinner tonight, so I don't necessarily not eat carbs either. So what I do is I'll put in about 100 grams of fat per day, you know, and that's like the minimum. So I try to at least get 100 grams of fat per day. I put in 200 grams of protein. And then I try to keep my, my carbs at 100 or very, 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 um, like over by a little bit. Now, 50 or 40 of my carbs come from my shake that I have right after my workout. So the majority of my carbohydrates are coming from my post-workout nutrition. So what I'm putting in my body right after I work out. So how do you, how does this equate for you? Okay, that's probably the bigger question right now. So understanding that your body has a basic need, right? Your body has a basal metabolic rate, which is probably body weight times 10. So that's a great place to start. You know, we did a nutrition challenge and seminar back in January. And so, you know, I had, we had teams, so we got in different teams and I had a couple people on my team and I start, I would ask them, okay, so how are you feeling on that number of calories? Like, be honest with me, give it three or four days, all right? You don't know on the first day because you just started. So give it three or four days and it's like, man, I'm really tired. Like more tired than usual. Like if everything is the same, like are you, then probably you need to increase that number of calories, right? Because again, there's no definite answer. Like use your body as an experiment. So if you are really tired, like more tired than usual, workouts are suffering, you might need to increase your calories a little bit. Or you might go on this higher fat intake and you might feel terrible. And that might mean that, hey, this, give it some time, right? Don't, don't just call it quits, but give it some time and you might, um, but you might really need to go back to probably a more zone. You know, if I was to call this percentage-wise, like if I was to give you any goals, I would say that your, your fat is probably going to be somewhere around 50%. Your, your protein, is, your carbs, let's say, is probably going to be somewhere between 10 and 15%. And then your, uh, your protein is probably going to be somewhere between, we'll say, 35 to 40% of that 100%. So sources of fat, right? So one of the things I started doing, I remember Sam came to my office, uh, and he had had it before. I'm amazed how many people had this before. December is the first time I ever heard of it, but it's called Bulletproof Coffee. And basically you put butter, not just any type of butter, and which was new to me, right? Okay, uh, that's why you're always learning and, and be open to information. Even if it sounds crazy to you right now, just know it sounded crazy to me too, okay? So I put grass-fed butter in my coffee. So I put two tablespoons, and I still do it, to this day, um, I put MCT oil. 
So I'm familiar with that because I remember hearing about it back in 2002 when I worked at a, a supplement store. Uh, it was in Muscle Milk, very popular brand. And the theory here was you've got median chain triglycerides, which are fats, and they actually help your body burn fat or help you fuel off fat more efficiently. Unfortunately, when it comes to muscle milk, you know, people, you know, the, the market or the consumer pushed it away and then they created muscle milk with low fat options just because that's what people bought, right? Because we have been brainwashed to think that fat is bad. So I'll put two tablespoons of MCT oil, two tablespoons of grass-fed butter, cup of coffee in a blender, and I'll drink that as my breakfast. So that's my, and I'm putting about 50 grams of fat in my body or 45 grams of fat in my body right when I wake up. The, the science behind this is that it kind of gives you this sense of fullness, okay? So it basically satisfies your cravings, gives you energy, right? And you're like, man, you just put a ton of fat in your body. And I'm like, okay, but you're from Mars, so remember what I told you fat was, right? Because, you know, yeah, it sounds awful when you've been, you know, Americanized or whatever the word is. You, you know, you think, oh, yeah, that's terrible. No, think about it. Fat is nine calories per gram. I'm putting fuel in my body for the day. Now, I don't recommend doing that if you're about to go to the gym, just because that MCT oil kind of works in your body pretty quickly with the coffee. So, uh, but, you, but you blend it. The, in, the, in the book that I read, he talked about doing it in the blender. And so I put it in a neutral bullet and I'll drink that. And then I will have a shake. You know, in the book he talks about, like some people can just have the coffee, but I have a, a, a 20 gram of protein shake shortly after that. Then I'll typically work out later in the morning. I'll have my post-workout shake. So really all the calories I've consumed typically by lunchtime, I've, I've consumed about a, a thousand, probably 900 to a thousand calories, but it's all come from shakes. Now I will, you know, start eating at lunch and then I'll do the every, you know, three hours all the way till dinner. And I eat, you know, salmon, I eat avocados, I eat steak, I eat chicken, I eat vegetables. So my diet hasn't changed so much. The only thing that I did was I really cut back on some of the carbs. Like, you know, I would not think twice about having sweet potatoes and oatmeal and blueberries. And I really don't eat as much fruit as I used to um, just because I'm really aiming to keep those carbohydrates low. All right. Okay, so I know this turned into, see, I knew what happened when we would bring up one topic first. So we might go over a little bit, but I hope that nutritionally right now, any questions you have, capture them on your notes because we're going to go over these afterwards. Now let's talk about programming. So um, <clears throat> let's first talk about the objectives, right? So what are some of the objectives that I have right now when it comes to programming for you tonight. So number one, I want you to come to the gym more often. So if you come to the gym three times a week, I want you to come in four or five times a week. If you come to the gym four times a week, I want you to come five or six times a week. If you come to the gym five times a week, I want you to come six times a week. If you come to the gym six times a week, I don't want you to come seven times a week. <laughs> All right. Number two, I want you to come to 
the gym even when you don't like the workout. I know this happens because we've been running a gym for a CrossFit gym for almost 10 years. You know, it never happens with personal training clients. They will always come. But CrossFitters, if they see on the blog or if they know that something's happening that they don't agree with, they really think twice. I also have an objective that I'll throw up here, but I want you to know that there is a purpose behind what we're doing, okay? CrossFit is beautiful. We don't have to reinvent CrossFit. We don't have to rewrite CrossFit. CrossFit is um, a program that has revolutionized fitness. You realize that there's over 15,000 CrossFit gyms in the world? In 2008, when I had gone to my seminar, my level one seminar, and I signed up for, to become a CrossFit affiliate, we were the 400th CrossFit gym in the world. And it has, over the last decade, exploded. Why? It's the program, okay? Community, obviously, is huge, right? So, you know, people are, are loving being a part of a community. That was a big part of the survey that I sent out, and that was a big part of why people love the gym so much, is the people, the coaches, the community, all those things, you know, sum up the community. But a, a really big part of what we love about CrossFit, let's kind of be honest, is just the workouts. Like, they're fun. They're cool. They're awesome. And so the, the goal with the programming portion of this seminar is to help you understand those workouts a little bit more. And just because this is what we do doesn't mean that this is what everyone does, meaning 15,000 plus CrossFit affiliates. You know, in fact, if you've been here for a while, programming's looked a little different from time to time because what I did for a, uh, for a stretch of period of time was I would allow the coaches to write the programming, which was awesome because it gave them a feeling of leadership, kind of challenged them a little bit. Um, it it kind of varied the programming because the definition, if we were to ask you what is CrossFit, it's constantly varied. Functional movement. Executed at high intensity. So what I really loved about our coaches doing the programming was that it was guaranteed to be constantly varied because you would get a perspective from a person who knows CrossFit, who studies CrossFit, who lives CrossFit, what their expression of constantly varied functional movement executed at high intensity was. And then here recently, prior to the Open, I decided to take over the programming, and I really decided to kind of take it back for this period of time. And so um, what we're doing now, which doesn't mean it's better or worse or anything. No, it's just what we're doing now is we're doing what I would call traditional CrossFit methodology. 
So basically what they teach at the CrossFit Level 1 and Level 2 seminar. Okay, because what, just like anything, and anybody ever played the game of telephone, like we could do it now. I could tell Jesse something and then it would go right down and by the end of the thing, it's, you know, who knows what we're saying. And, and programming kind of, you know, has gotten to that point where you go into some CrossFit gyms and, you know, it's like seven days in a row of hero workouts. <laughs> and their objective is to get you laying on your back just completely knocked out every single time you come in the doors. And you're like, that's probably how I feel here. But <laughs> no, but really, there, there is, there is a, there's a model here that I want you to understand a little bit better and what they teach. Okay, so I've given you some, some handouts. So first of all, let's pull out this level two certificate course training guide that has the day one through seven. Okay, so there are three categories here. You can see there's gymnastics, there's weightlifting, and there's monostructural, metabolic conditioning. Okay, so these basically are three things. Now look at this sheet right here, and this is really cool stuff, okay? So they, this is all part of the level two handout. It's online, it's accessible for anyone. But basically what you see here in the bottom half is you see some gymnastics. Now everything's not listed here, right? There's a few other things. There's some weightlifting movements, and there's some monostructural movements. Without going in too much detail, you can kind of see categorically like where things fall, right? So gymnastics, okay? Basically, it's body weight movements, air squats, box jumps, burpees, dips, sit-ups, back extensions, handstand push-ups, knees to elbows, toe to bar, muscle-ups, pull-ups, push-ups, sit-ups, right? Something that's not on here, lunges. Who said, who said, somebody said running? Okay, it's okay. Handstand walks, right? Gymnastics. Okay, so now we understand gymnastics. Yeah, and running will go to in the monostructural because you see that down there. So let's get down to monostructural. You've got double unders, rowing, running. What else could be there? Salt bike. Yeah, a salt bike. Okay, now you've got weightlifting. Back squat, cleans, deadlifts, front squats, kettlebell swings, overhead squat, presses, push jerks, push press, sumo deadlift, high pull snatches, thrusters, wall balls. Anything else that we can throw in there? Bench press, absolutely. All right, so we got weightlifting, we got gymnastics, we got monostructural. This guy named Greg Glassman, right? He's a personal trainer at a Globo gym. You know, if you never heard that term, it was kind of a CrossFit buzzword. Basically, it's like, we. And everyone, yeah, everyone else. No, you go in this gym, and he says that it, it, you know, there's machines everywhere, and you know, he's got people climbing up the posts and doing climbing ropes and doing things that are just so uh, out there, and he eventually gets kicked out of that gym, and he ends up getting a warehouse space, and renting out a small warehouse space and starts the first CrossFit gym, CrossFit Santa Cruz in California. And that's where this all begins. And some of his members at this first gym were some of the people that we do some of those workouts, like those female workouts that we like and we, or we may not like. And uh, those are a lot of the people that, that were his community. That was his membership. And, you know, he started the first CrossFit gym. And this was his programming. Okay, so that's what we do. 
So if you look at it, and it, it, it's really, it, again, it's, it's like art, right? It's like, man, you just got to stare at it, and you be like, man, this is brilliant. So he wants to be constantly varied. He wants movements to be functional, and he wants them executed at high intensity. So functional movements are why he lists out functional movements. He defines functional movement as something that your body uh, uh, will actually move through in a way that it was made and designed to move through that position. And so the types of movements that we do here, that's why you don't see a lot of machines, right? That's why we do uh, Olympic weightlifting. That's why we do, you know, pull-ups and pushing and running and rowing and things like that. So, and hopefully that's why you're not getting injured, right? And so the reason people are getting injured well, probably we're going a little bit too hard, too heavy, right? We're not being smart. It's the same reason people get on wrecks on Highway 6, you know, or any highway. They're going too fast. They're not being cautious, you know. So CrossFit's no different than anything else. Like, people are going to get hurt just because people are people, right? You come in, you're, you know, you, you think you're invincible, and you're not, and so just like when you're driving a car, you have to be cautious, you have to be cautious in the gym. And so all of these movements, if performed safely, and that's what the coach's jobs are, is to make sure that you're not hurting yourself, to make sure that you're not putting on too much weight on the bar. You know, I love Matt Haynes' podcast interview, if you got to listen to it. You know, after him hurting himself, one of his biggest goals in coaching was to not let our members hurt themselves. And I thought that's phenomenal. And I've experienced very similar, you know, injuries in my back. And so it's just, um, and, and for, for anyone who sees the CrossFit games and thinks that that's the way that they need to train, like Chris Ray, I, I think, no, we were listening, I listened to a podcast, a guy named Ben Bergeron, and he says on there, like, if you train like those people, which are professional athletes, it's not a matter of if you're going to get hurt, it's when are you going to get hurt. Because you will get hurt. Like professional athletes train at such a high level, and for you to think, me included, that we can train like that, I mean, we, re we need to be realistic. And so a big part of this seminar tonight is to remind you that your goal of why you signed up at this gym is because you understand the fact that if you're exercising, you're becoming a better version of yourself. And if you're hurt, you're not exercising. And therefore, you're not becoming a better version of yourself. And probably, if anybody's ever been injured, you're going through some emotional... You know, just, man, like, because it, 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 there is some facts here. Like, we love working out for a reason, right? There's, there's a lot of endorphins, and there's a lot of, you know, internal things that go on. But at the same time, the community, you know, the, the patting yourself on the back and knowing you did something good for yourself, that feeling of accomplishment that you're no longer getting if you're hurt. So you got to be smart inside of the walls of this place. And the programming is designed in a way for you to be safe. But that still means you have to be smart. Like if the workout is Rx'd, 
at a certain weight and you have no business doing that, you have to scale the workout. You have to know when you have to scale the workout. You know, because if the workout is intended to take seven minutes and it takes you 18 minutes because you decided to go RX, you know, there's a quote that Greg Glassman says. And he says, basically, I put it up here, be impressed with intensity, not volume. Be impressed with intensity, not volume. In other words, you know, if you want to do like, you know, the, the workout that we have programmed and then do a lot more or wish that we did more, that is so wrong way of looking at the programming. I used to do that. Okay, when I first started CrossFit in 2008, I actually was already personal training for three years, for five years, had a personal training clientele and business, and I found a guy who was running a CrossFit gym in, in uh, College Station in his garage. So I wanted to go learn. So I went over there for about three months, it was a summer, <clears throat> and I learned how to do CrossFit in his garage. And I remember like one day, all we did was like five sets of three overhead squats. And I'm like, first of all, I've never done overhead squat, so I really don't even know how to do it. And my weight, I think I was using like PVC. And I'm, you know, I'm doing it and then I leave and I'm like, man, this, was, I, this wasn't a good workout. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna do buys and tries, you know? And so I went to the gym and I did arms basically. And I remember other times, like I would do, it was like a three minute workout. And I was like, man, I'm not gonna do this three minute workout. You know, I'm gonna do my hour and a half, like chest and back. Because I felt like I was getting more out of that. Now, if you like CrossFit and if you believe in CrossFit, because there's nothing wrong with doing a chest and back workout. Just don't do them both. You know, I ended up having a lot of shoulder and back, like rhomboid uh, injuries. I had to go to acupuncture for like 18 months because of all the damage I was doing to myself doing both CrossFit workouts and then like what we would call like bodybuilder traditional uh, training. Now, for, for a period of time, like I did, I trained for four marathons in 2009. I did a half Ironman. I did triathlons. And I, all throughout that time, I was doing CrossFit as my strength training. And that worked out great because it wasn't really... Um, like I would match up my workouts and you know, following a specific program that would allow me to do those. So, but what I'm talking about is like, you know, you're doing the class workout and then you're you know, staying after and you're doing more. You know, you're just basically thinking the more I do, the better it is for my body and that is not the right approach. You know, so making sure that you understand that it's not about volume, in other words, it's not about how much you're doing, it's about intensity. So I'm going to give you a preview. Like on Friday, we're going to do 50 burpee box jumps for time. And that is all we're going to do. And some people would look at that and say, you know what? That's like all we're going to do really at the gym. Like I want to do 30 minutes or 20 minute, you know, or I want to do this and that. If you give 110% to that 50 burpee box jumps for time, you're going to get more than you need. You'll get plenty. 
But if you're not adding this third very important part of CrossFit, which is executed at high intensity, then you probably feel like that wouldn't be a very good workout. Okay, so let's break down. In this page alone, there's a lot of meat that I want to unpack. So we understand. We've got our gymnastics, our weightlifting, our structural. In, in order to have constantly varied, we see what they do, okay? So we've got basically two seven-day cycles, but they overlap. So if you pay close attention, on day one, right? So we're going to call that Monday, day one, you've got monostructural. Day two, we're going to call this Tuesday, you've got gymnastics and weightlifting, right? So you see what we just did there? MGW. Day three, which we're going to call Wednesday, you've got monostructural, gymnastics, and weightlifting. All that means for you is that we're on Monday, we're going to do a workout that's only monostructural. Guess what that means? We got to pick from monostructural movements. On day two or Tuesday, we're going to pick from gymnastics and weightlifting. On day three, guess what, guys? We get to pick from monostructural, gymnastics, and weightlifting. And then day four, CrossFit tells you to rest, right? But we don't do that because everybody here is on a different cycle. We don't close the gym on Thursdays. Some, some gyms will actually have what they call like a makeup day. So they call it, they encourage you to take the day off. I've never thought that, you know, I've never wanted to do that because I think that there's people that miss Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday just because of life happens. Or, or, I mean, I like going five or six days on personally. So, um, so we don't do that. But basically our Thursday is what they would call day five which guess what we do now? We go to the gymnastics and put that first. And then we go to Friday, which is our, their day six, which is our day five. And now we have, look, G, and then weightlifting, monostructural. And then we go to the end of our week, which is Saturday, and now G, W, M, gymnastics, weightlifting, monostructural. Now we rest on Sunday because the gym's closed, so we'll pick back up on Monday of the following week with weightlifting, right? So when we're breaking this down, we only pick from that category. And then on Tuesday of the following week, you've got monostructural and gymnastics. On Wednesday, you've got weightlifting, monostructural and gymnastics. Now guess what? Ignore that last three, because basically on Thursday, we just start right back here. You see how, you see how these are the same as that, right? So it's just telling you that the pattern continues. So the pattern continues. Now, this is where we get to have fun. Look a little bit lower. We have sprint workouts, we have short workouts, we have moderate workouts, and we have long workouts. So if we want to vary movement, we also want to vary time domain. Because guess what? Murph, right? If we're looking at a curve, right? This curve right here is time, and we'll call this curve intensity. The shorter the workout, the higher the intensity. The longer the workout, the lower the intensity. Do we understand that, right? 
the shorter the workout, your heart rate, your intensity, your ability to push 50 burpee box jumps for time, as opposed to Murph, are two completely different motors that exist within every single person. And I promise you, of those two workouts, some of you are like, man, I love the short ones. And some of you are like, I hate the short ones. And some of you are like, I love the long ones. And some of you are like, I hate the long ones. But what we're doing is we're constantly varied. So CrossFit is trying to make you good or better at the things that you are not good at. And that's why they create this formula. Now, one of the cool things that CrossFit talks about is they are trying to increase your fitness, and the way that they define that is increase the area underneath this curve, right? Because would you agree that the higher this curve goes for you personally, the better shape you're in? Yeah, because if I was pushing here on my short workouts and now I push here, and I was pushing here on Murph and now I push here, well, I just increased the curve. Well, how are we gonna increase the curve if all we do is these workouts? You're not. So that's why we gotta do 50 bur burpee box jumps for time, and that's why we gotta do Murph. So we have to test you in the longer workouts and the shorter workouts and the ones in between. And we're not gonna get scientific and talk about the different energy systems associated with those, but you understand the principle here is that there's sprint workouts, there's short workouts, there's moderate workouts, and there's long workouts. So, Monday, day one, let's just put M and sprint. Tuesday, day two, let's put short. Day three, let's put moderate. Day four, let's put long. And then sprint, short, moderate, long. Sprint, short, you get the gist, right? And then guess what we get to do? We've got our template. And now we get to pull out this fancy sheet and we get to start making workouts. And for those of you that geek out about this stuff, you might want to be a CrossFit coach one day. Because it's the, the beauty of, of, of programming is the more you have seen, right? The more you have seen, you know, you all have heard of the 10,000 hour rule um, about, you know, any person that's been doing something for 10,000 hours becomes an expert in that industry. You know, uh, Carolyn's husband is a real estate attorney. You know, and he is an expert in what he does. Equally so, Carolyn is a mother and a grandmother and probably way better at those two things than Mike could be, but they balance each other out. She's an expert in being a mother and a grandmother, and Mike's an expert in real estate because they've got that. So the same thing with programming. Like if you're brand new to CrossFit, like I do not encourage you to try to design and write your own workouts because you probably haven't seen enough and just haven't, you might start matching some things that either don't make sense or, you know, so there's, there is art in the programming, okay? So it's not just as simple as saying, hey, let's just pick the first thing from each column and match it together. 
But you notice the way that they give you here on this template, it's kind of nice. You know, you could put check marks, right? Because we don't want to, like if we haven't done handstand push-ups in a while, guess what? It's a good idea to do some handstand push-ups. If we haven't done, um, you know, you see the, the single, couplet, triplets, and chippers? Okay, so all that means is there's one movement, which you could do is just a single, it's a singlet, so it's a single movement. So like clean, right? If all we did was squat clean, 30 reps for time. That's, that's considered in that category of a single. There's a couplet, Fran. Thrusters and pull-ups, that's a couplet. There's two movements, there's thrusters and pull-ups. A triplet, Helen, kettlebell swings, running, and pull-ups, that's a triplet. Chipper is basically a lot of things, you know, rowing, wall balls, like that open workout. It goes from rowing to wall balls to handstand push or deadlifts. There is heavy days, right? So there's days that you're gonna do heavy Weights, maybe in the Metcons or maybe in your lifting. And then there's light days. There's, um, in terms of weightlifting, light, medium, and heavy. So you see all these? There's task priority and time priority. We are familiar with AMRAPs. Like today was a time priority. You have three minutes to do X. Task priority would be like 500 meter row, 100 double unders for time. We want to constantly vary your workouts, right? We want to make sure that the movements are functional and we want to make, make sure you execute them at high intensity. So let's just test our programming. All right, so let's go to uh, last month. So this one front and back is last month's programming. All right, so we've got Nancy. Maybe you guys remember that. Which would be what? Quiz. Couplet. Okay, what are we combining? What letters? Okay, so where do you think we are on this particular uh, cycle? That's right. So we're over here. Okay, anybody remember how long that takes? Is it sprint, short, medium, or moderate, or long? Moderate. That's right. You know, most people are probably going to finish around. Your fastest, your fastest Nancy times are probably 12 and a half minutes. I mean, realistically. And know one thing, that when you program those, you always program to your best athletes. Okay? So what would the best athlete in, you know, in the gym do on this workout? <laughs> but no, the reason you do that is because what might be a 20-minute workout for someone could be like a 12-minute for another person, right? So you... You have to program for that because the people that are doing the workout in 20 are going to get better. Like typically those are the people that see the most improvement. So they're going to take that 20 minute to the 17 minute to the 14. And then the person who's getting at 12 minutes, like happy to get an 1150, right? Okay. So what's the next day? What do we got? What are the letters? All right. So where are we at? That's right, GWM. Now this isn't Saturday. Obviously that template and this template are not in the same days. All right, what's our time domain? Yeah. And, and you remember that had a cutoff time of 20 minutes. What's the next day? 
So when we deadlifted and that's all we did, why do you think we did that? Why, why would Greg Glassman, in writing this program, have you go straight to just a W? Why does it make sense to just do a W? Huh? Yep, and then it just so happened to be paired with sprint, which is five minutes or less, right? So every repetition of that was at maximal effort, right? So the area, so it was here, right? Because when you hit one rep or whatever uh, time, that's one lift. Do we understand that? All right, so that takes us to the next day. What do we have? What two letters? MG, monostructural and gymnastics. So monostructural, we have our double unders. Gymnastics, we have our push-ups. Now, one thing that you also need to understand is this programming that we've been doing for probably the last two months has been preparing you for yesterday's workout. We don't always do that, but we knew, and I knew that Murph was gonna happen on May 29th, and that is a lot of volume, and it's a lot of push-ups, a lot of pull-ups and air squats. So the programming, and if you had been following the programming, then you should have seen improvement in that workout if you'd ever done it before. And for those of you that did it for the first time, you were more ready for that workout than you'd ever been. Okay? All right, so what we'll do is, um, now that you guys, and I've, it's already a, a little bit later than uh, I told you I'd let it out. What, everybody's going to get a special... Those of you that stuck it out, just because y'all are just very, very disciplined in the examples, but you have to keep this to yourself, and you can't share it with anybody. But you're going to get the programming for this month, okay? So, don't abuse this. <laughs> the reason that I want you to have this information, okay? So, I don't want to see you... Uh, photocopying and selling this for $5 tomorrow at the gym. Uh, you know, I know how these things, I was in high school once, junior high. Uh, this is honestly for, for my objective, right? I want you to come more. I want you to come even when you don't like the workouts. And I want you to know that there's a purpose to what we're doing. Okay? I want you to know that it matches up with what CrossFit is. At the top of every day, I listed so you could see whether it was a monostructural day, a gymnastics day, a weightlifting day, whether it was a monostructural and gymnastics or a weightlifting, you know, and then I listed whether it was a sprint, short, moderate, or long workout, okay? So hopefully, having this information will encourage you to come more. Don't pick and choose workouts, because if you do that, then it totally was uh, opposite of why I, I shared it with you, okay? If you're gonna miss a day just because you're gonna miss a day, that's one thing, but just know that when you're here, I want you to get 110%. But I also do believe that the fact that you came tonight, the fact that you wanted to learn, speaks volumes about your discipline. It speaks volumes about your work ethic. And I know that it's, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of neat to know, but I also like the fact that people don't know the workouts because I think there's a component there, that, that mystery, that suspense to find out the night before. 
And so you can take this and burn it if you want, or you can file it and keep it in your back pocket for a day just to have it. But um, what we're gonna move on to now, so anybody who has to leave, feel free to if you guys gotta go. And then anybody who has questions, we're gonna hang out, we're gonna field some questions. Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Building Better People podcast where you will hear more stories of individuals being positively impacted by living a healthy lifestyle.